0: الوجود من العدم وجاعل النور من الظلم فمخرج الصبر من الألم وملق التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم للشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيدي ولدي آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصل الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم world, الناس العرب منهم والعجم فالحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل the تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده the ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور الفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله ورسوله ارسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على دين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد. فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي حدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولا تصاعر خدك للناس ولا تمشي في الأرض مرحا إن الله لا يحب كل مختال فخور وَقْصِدْ في مشيك مِن صوتك إن أَنْكَرَ الْأَصْوَاتِ لصوت الحمير رب الشح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري من لساني يفقه قولي والله ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله والله من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات بالحق بالصبر in today's khutbah, uh, we're almost at the end of the passage that deals with the advice given by Lukban الله عنه, to his son. Uh, now things are getting more and more specific and this is actually one of the most profound social bits of advice uh, you know we often talk about uh, you know the desire to raise our children with the personality that represents the manners of the Prophet ﷺ, and you know, an Islamic personality um, and manners and, ikhlaq, and this is actually one of the core teachings of manners in the Quran a father telling his son some manners they have to carry and you know you would think that manners should be like A list of a hundred things that you should do properly or not, you know, things that are appropriate versus inappropriate, how to sit, how to stand, how to talk, etc. And yes, you can be as granular and as specific about manners, but there are some principles if a person internalizes them, it's kind of like learning mathematics. Once you learn how to multiply, then you can give the student any question, they can solve the problem because they know the principle behind it, right? The same way there are principles in our deen that once you understand that principle, then you can find yourself in a hundred different situations, you know what to do, and you know what not to do, because you're following the same principle. So the the deen is made up of several of these kinds of principles. A lot of times when someone doesn't understand that, they start thinking they have to get a specific answer for every specific situation, right? But it's not like that. In fact, if you understand the principle properly that applies, then you can see what you can do, you can figure that out yourself in many situations. What is the, what is the ethical thing, the thing to do? What is the moral thing to do? What is the manner that Allah expects from me? Now, what is it, the advice that he is giving his son? He says, khaddaka <laughs> uh, Literally, it would mean, don't, you know, don't turn your cheek, or don't turn your neck so that your cheek shows because of people. So, that's literally what it means. So, that needs a little bit of an explanation. Sa'ad in Arabic was used for uh, a sickness that happens to animals, like a camel. And when it happens to a camel, like you know how when a person sometimes, when they get a stroke, they lose their nerve connections to some part of their face and their face is, like one side of their face is paralyzed. Or if somebody goes through a sickness and their head is turned slightly and it's permanently turned, right? So some animals, they had a certain sickness in the desert where the camel, its neck would stay slanted or or its head would be turned a certain way, even if it's walking straight, right? And it's kind of a disability that it suffers from where its neck is turned. And from it became the idea, came the idea of somebody who is being arrogant towards somebody or frustrated with somebody. So you're talking to somebody and they or you see them at a party or something. Or they're, they're having a conversation with you, or even they called you, and all of a sudden your face kind of did this neck turn thing out of frustration, out of, you know, I don't want to deal with this person, out of exhaustion, whatever it may be, but you turned this face. And so he says, Don't turn your face and show your cheek because of people. So the linnas could be liya, like Ibn Ashur says, which means because of people. It can also be kind of a, just a straightforward jar, which would mean to people, meaning don't show this to people. Don't act like this towards people. Now, how does that apply? Well, when, there's a number of ways we can think about this. One way you can think about it is, you're talking to somebody at work, or at school, or among friends, or family. You're having a conversation with somebody, a stranger, and you can't stand the, 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 the tone of their voice. Or they can't stand the level of their intelligence. Or you can't stand how wrong they are and how confident they are and how wrong they are. It could be any number of things. It could be that you think what they're saying is ridiculous. It could be that you're actually arrogant and you think they're, they're inferior to you in some way because they don't have the degree that you have. Or they don't have the qualifications that you have. Or you've already sized them up because of their age. They're, you know, all these, all these old people are all the same. Or all these kids are all the same. Or all these, you know, these young people think they are know know-it-alls, etc. So you've dismissed somebody already before they even open their mouth. And the moment they start saying something that challenges what you believe or ask a question that you don't just don't have the patience or tolerance for you start kind of your face starts kind of changing and you let them know that you're not interested in even giving them time of day by the way that you turn your face away from them right so you just is don't you know don't arrogantly uh, dismissively and out of you know you, because they're too annoying to you, you don't want to deal with them, don't do that to people. And it's interesting that the word people was used, because sometimes you can do that to your own family, sometimes you can do that to perfect strangers outside, you can find yourself in any situation where, you know, you have to check, I have to check myself if that I, that's not what I'm doing. And that was also really interesting, that, you know, generally you can think of this as, don't show arrogance to people, or don't show, an, don't give people an attitude. That's really what this means, is don't give people an attitude. Right? don 't roll your nowadays you can even think of it as don't roll your eyes at people don't take deep dramatic breaths at people <sighs> don't whatever people you know don't send emojis of people with the eyes rolled up like whatever you know don't that's all to now it's it's all inclusive if you understand the principle why would somebody do such a thing because they just want to make someone feel insignificant or unworthy of the conversation, or you know, they, they, they want to turn, make somebody feel small. And actually, one of the words for that in Arabic, in, in the Quran, is استخفاف. Uh It's used for the Pharaoh and how he made the Israelites feel. He made them feel light, insignificant. So don't make someone feel insignificant by the way you dismiss them, or ignore them, or walk off from them, etc. So that's one bit of advice and I I mentioned you know social settings in which we can express that kind of frustration but another situation where you can express that is you can have an opinion like that about an entire group of people or an entire religion or an entire school of thought or an entire nation of people, oh all these Bangladeshis are all the same all these Pakistanis are all the same, oh man all these Mexicans are all the same all these Malaysians are all the same, all these disputes and you could do it for a race and you could do it for a class of people, all these workers are all the same all these business people are all the same all these politicians are all the same so you 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 have categories of people you can you can categorize people by the work they do you can categorize people by their economic class you can categorize people by race religion you know you can categorize people by their education and then you have a judgment like a stereotype of each of those right and then you say oh all you people are like this and all you people are like that so the moment somebody even mentions those people or they're having a conversation about those people, you're already in regards to those people. (laughs) Don't even bring those guys up. And your cheek turns. Right? So don't be judgmental about groups of, entire groups of people. So NAS can also be a kind of stereotyping that's being addressed in the ayah. Because that's very easy to do, because human beings like to, uh, you know, um, create simpler formulae inside their head so they can judge the world easily. Right? And moral moral formula is a good is a good thing to have, but when you have a formula for judging people, like all Asians are like this, or all doctors are like this, or all police officers are like this, or all you know all whoever is like this, you understand? That's an oversimplification. Well, you know all the ones I met are like that. Uh, well, one you had a presupposition about all of them, and you were only looking to confirm your you know predetermined bias. And two, that's a very huge population of people. That it's just simpler for you to generalize and not think that every individual is different, every case is different, every man is different, every woman is different, every family is different, everybody's history is different. Why? No, no, they're all... XYZ, those people are all the same. Look at all of them, they all do this, this, and this. You know, and when, when that mentality develops in a person, then that society is headed towards oppression. And let me tell you why. Because, you know, for a judge, think think of a judge in a in a in a courtroom. Right? A judge has a case. And in a case, for example, there's a, there's a divorce case or something. There's a case between a husband and a wife. And the husband did terrible things. For example. Right? And then there's another case. Where another husband did some other terrible things. And another case. Where another did, husband did another terrible thing, case. And this, this, this judge has gone through 10 cases where husbands did terrible things. And in the 11th case, before the case even starts, the judge can start to think, Oh, here it goes, here it goes again. And before, they, before he even looks at the evidence, or who said what, in his mind, or her mind, he's already determined that this person is going to be a liar, or this person is going to be the criminal, no matter what comes out of their mouth. You understand? Because I've seen it all before. I've seen this already. So that's also a kind of turning your neck away from people, and showing them your cheek. In other words, you're dismissing one group as all of them being worthy of the same blame. None of them are individual. As I'm reminded of an example of that in the Qur'an, that's pretty significant, and that is of you know, the, the Pharaoh and the people who were under his army. That we think of the Pharaoh and the, his army as one monolith, which means they're all the same, they're the bad guys. They're the bad guys that subjugated the Israelites. They're the ones Allah drowned, right? So it should be easy for us to say they're all bad. And then Musa sees an Israelite, a slave, being beat up by an Egyptian police officer in the middle of the street, in the middle of nowhere. And in his mind, he's thinking, here we go again. These people, that's all they do, they oppress my fellow Israelite brothers. And those were the Muslims of that time. So here's a Kafir, who doesn't believe in the akhirah, who believes their king is God, and they oppress the Muslims who have been kept as slaves, and he's oppressing yet another one, look at what's happening. So he goes and he intervenes and he throws a punch, right? Without knowing the entire situation. And it turns out that the person he was protecting was a con man. And it turns out that he, he acted in haste. And you know what, immediately after taking that action, what did he say? "Hada min Amal shaitan." This is from the work of the devil. He acknowledged his own hurry to help as work of the devil. But if you, if you break that down, where did that come from? It was a haste in making judgment because he's seen that a thousand times, right? He's seen a thousand Israelites you know, oppressed by the Egyptian military. So this must be yet another case of that. It cannot be judged on its own merits. It has to be judged by the, the previous cases that are all like that. So what we do is, we tend to develop opinions about people and oversimplify that and not look at individual cases. By the way, one of the most important people in the story of the Israelites is actually a military man who came to Musa alayhi salam to let him know that he has to escape Egypt before they arrest him because they'll kill him. And actually Allah made him a means by which Musa survived. And he was a, men- a member of the Egyptian military, who you know, was a secret believer, right? So judgments aren't easy to make. The same way Allah told his Messenger وسلم, even though you fought three wars with, uh, with the Quraysh, you fought Badr with them, Uhud with them, Ahzab with them, three battles have been fought. These are people that tried to kill your Prophet. These are the people that tried to assassinate the Prophet وسلم, multiple times. These are people that have tried to make all kinds of schemes, even inside Medina as a proxy from the outside, to have intelligence inside Medina, so they can destroy the Prophet inside Medina, even while they're sitting in Mecca, right? But when Hudaybiyah came, and there was a, a, it was a war that was about to break out, but this time, instead of a war being on the battlefield, the war was gonna be inside the city. Now, the war on the battlefield, you're only taking on warriors. But the war inside the city is actually civilians. You don't know who's going to get trampled, right? There's going to be civilian casualties. So Allah revealed that He stopped that from happening because there are believing men and women that you don't even know about. In other words, don't make even a sweeping judgment about the Quraysh who as a whole have fought three wars against you and have tried to kill your Prophet multiple times. But even then, you cannot make judgments about every single individual inside that city. That's incredible stuff. So, what is he telling his son? Don't be quick to pass judgment on people. Don't be quick to dismiss people. Whether you're engaged in conversation with them, or you have a group in mind, that you've heard so much about them, so much rhetoric about them. We hate it when people stereotype Muslims. But the, the remarkable hypocrisy of it, Muslims themselves stereotype each other depending on what country they come from, what race they come from. We don't like it when somebody does it to us. We're number one at it. We're better than anybody else. What are you talking about? We don't like to be thought of as inferior citizens of any country. And yet, there are people in Muslim countries, in our societies, who we think of as inferior because of the race they belong to, or because of the economic class they belong to. So this advice that he's being given to a son, if every father on earth, and every Muslim father on earth, was giving every Muslim son on earth this advice, racism and classism and economic you know, di- distinction, and superior, uh, you know, super- the, sense, the false sense of superiority, and tribalism wouldn't exist in the ummah. So it's a small little advice that a father is giving his son, but if our sons were actually raised and our daughters were actually raised like this, the ummah would look very different than what it does now. And then on top, a step further than that, um, the ripple effect grow, grows Of Just this phrase, "La تساعة lin is what I like to call social commentary. Right, social commentary is, oh my god, did you see this news? This one teacher did this, 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 this. Did you see this news? They did this, 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 ah, oh, these people. I can't believe it. And you're always watching news and you're angry at some people. I can't believe these people. I can't believe those people. I gotta comment about these people. And I gotta, you know, express my moral outrage at people X, Y, and Z. You're constantly angry at people. For the right reason, I'm not even saying they're right or wrong. I'm not talking about that. But you just, you need to find somebody to be upset with all the time. You need to find some group that you're not happy about or what people are doing or what this is so you're looking for bad news constantly you're even subscribed to the whatever media outlets on social media that keep giving you bad news you're like ah these people ah again Ah, here we go and so what does that do what is what does that that constant people are messed up mentality do you know what it does it creates a false sense of moral superiority these people are messed up i'm i i wish they were more like me why can't they mature themselves and reach the moral high ground that clearly I stand on, above the clouds? So everybody else should be like, you know what that is? That's the height of arrogance, isn't it? But one doesn't even realize it, because maybe the people that you're criticizing or you're so angry about, are right, justifiably. They're doing something wrong. And it isn't something good. But you know what? If you look at this ayah, it's so beautiful. The Qur'an is so balanced. This ayah and the last ayah. The last ayah I talked about, he told his son, in, you know, encourage and stand by what is right. Remember that: stand by what's right and stand against what's wrong. What bin ma'ruf, one Right? But now look at how that equation is being balanced: standing by what's right, while at the same time not not turning your cheek at the people that are doing wrong. You can call a wrong a wrong without getting angry at the people that are doing it. You can stand for what's right without being hateful and spiteful towards someone you disagree with. You can say for... Ibrahim can say to his father who does terrible wrong. I don't think in the Qur'an, there's a bigger wrong than worshiping idols. And then on top of that, multiply that, square that even, right? Shirk square. not only is he doing shirk, he manufactures the idols. He manufactures the idols. How does Ibrahim speak to his father? He's gonna do nahi al-munkar, he's gonna say don't do this. But he's going to say, يَا abati, قَدْ جَاءَنِي مِنَ الْعِلْمِ مَا لَمْ يَأْتِكَ فَاتَّبِعْنِي أَهْدِكَ صِرَةً صَوِيًّا My beloved father, knowledge has come to me that hasn't come to you. Man, he's correcting him, he's straightforward about correcting him, but he's still doing it lovingly. In other words, he's not, <laughs> ah, these mushrikeen, don't you know that you're going to burn in hell if you do this? Like, And these people, all of them follow you and... This is تُصَاعِي خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ so don't confuse Amr bil Ma'ruf from the previous ayah and Nahi al-Munkar from the previous ayah, so that you use that as a disguise. Oh, I they say I'm enjoying the good and forbidding the evil, but actually what you're just doing is turning your neck towards people or because of people. In other words, you're just expressing frustration over people. Some people do this, some people do this, some people do this. Unfortunately for some people, you know what can happen, and I hope it never happens to you. What might happen to you is your entire Islam. And your entire learning of Islam is about how messed up some other people are. That's all you do with your learning of Deen. Like the only thing you ever learn about is these people are so messed up, let me tell you why. And these people are so messed up, let me tell you why. <speaking in Hebrew> I, I, I turn my cheek from these people, That these people, then these people. Stand by what's right and stand against what's wrong. You don't have to comment on people. Principles is what we defend and evil is what we stand against. We don't have to stand against people. We don't have to do that in, in most cases. We're not talking about war. But in, in the war of ideas and morals and principles, these aren't personal attacks. And so he's teaching his son, standing up and being morally upright and having integrity does not give you the license to be rude and to be judgmental and commenting and angry and frustrated with people. Don't, turn, don't conflate these two things with each other. They don't go together. For some people, they they do go together. But look at the wisdom, right? So he says, "Wala fil ardi Then then he adds, "Wala fil ardi marha." And so, first of all, don't be scoffing towards people, and don't you know turn your cheek towards them, and, and all of that. But then he says, "Wala fil ardi maraha. He says, "Don't walk on the earth." And marah can be translated as a, as an expression of farah and iftihar also. Don't walk on the earth with so much pride. So one translation is, don't walk on the earth with arrogance, or don't walk on the earth with pride. In other words, don't walk around like you're all that. Right? Don't walk around seeking attention. Don't walk around thinking, you know, I'm reminded of a silly story, but I'll, I'll, we'll dig deeper into this expression, because I think it deserves attention on its own. Because one time I was giving a, uh, a lecture at a, at a, in a hall, and it was, you know, full of young people and all of that, and they're, they're waiting for me to start. But before I was starting, I was just sitting there kind of, somebody else was speaking at the time, and I was speaking, sitting at the, the, the table on, you know, they put this conference table, so all the speakers that are going to speak, are, can, they can see the audience, but they're up there on stage, right? So I see this one young man walk in, and it was like nighttime, but he had sunglasses on, because he thought he looked cool in it, I guess. That was his thing. So he kind of walked in slowly, and he's, Doing this strut, and he like kind of lowered his glasses and looked around a little bit. And he noticed that nobody saw him do his peacock dance, whatever thing he did. So he walked out and did it again three times. (laughs) Seek if anybody noticed that he's walked in, right? So the seeking of attention can be a pretty sad thing. (laughs) But there are other layers to the word marah. And this advice is as rich as the first one. The first one was, لَا تُسَعِيْ لِلنَّاسِ And then the second uh, advice which culminates this ayah is وَلَا تَمْشِي فِي الْأَرْضِ Maraha, which simply translated so far is don't walk around on the earth with pride. But actually another meaning of this can also be don't walk around uh, on the earth impulsively. Don't be impulsive as you walk around. And inshallah, we'll, we'll dig into you know, those meanings and how we can apply that in our lives and how that's particularly important for younger people, for people that have just found their adulthood. They found that new, new newly discovered freedom and independence. And they have the world before them. The world, they've just been exposed to the entire world. So they can they, they want to stay out later and they want to you know, hang out and travel. Or when you say, where do you want to go to college? I want to go in out of state. Why? Because I want to be away from where I am now. I want to be unleashed from the cage that I'm in. There's a desire to be free and free and free. And here he says, you are going to go free. It's inevitable. You are going to be on your own. But make sure you don't, be, you don't engage in marah when you do it. So, we're going to have to explore that a little bit deeper. What is this timeless advice that he's given his son and how we can learn from that? So, I'll conclude with that for today. Barakallahu alayhi wa lakum fil Quran al-Hakim. wa fa'ani wa iyakum bil ayati wa dhikril hakim Alhamdulillahi wa kafaa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi ladin astafa. Hosusan ala afwalihi wa khatam in nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Ameen wa ala alihi wa sahabihi ajma'in. قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد ان اقول اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد عبد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله ان الله يأمر بالعدل والاحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتاب موقوتة.